Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. everybody, welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show, hosted by none other than yours truly, the king of DC media himself, William Powell. Welcome to this glorious show. And now, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Tonight, tonight was a good night. You fought well, and for that we have these fortunes. Some say that money is the root of all evil, but I don't believe that. Evil is the root of all money, and you, my big friend, you are evil. I'm Marshall Everett, and I don't always make money, but as a member of Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, I always save money. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, federally insured NCUA. Membership open to federal employees and their families. Fed Choice Federal Credit Union, a proud sponsor of the Inside Acting Radio Show. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to DC Actors Examiner, a fantastic column all about the acting business. Find it by searching DC Actors Examiner via Google. Tonight's guest I have as my guest actress, Baltimore-based actress, uh, Natish Aisha. Uh, But before I get to her, playwrights, screenwriters, do you have a script And do you have actors available to read said script? If you do, you are eligible for a table read. Here on the Inside Acting Radio Show, it's just $55 for two hours, and you'll have your script heard around the world. And you even get a free MP3 of the show thrown in. Contact me at william400 at yahoo.com to book a show, subject line, table read. In the meantime, follow me on Twitter at forward slash inside underbar acting and Facebook at william.t.cow. And I should also let you know that uh, yours truly is producing a play. Yes, indeed. I'm producing a play again this fall at uh, Greenbelt Arts Center located at uh, 123 Sent Away in Greenbelt, Maryland. The name of the show is Any Given Monday. It's a very, very dark dark comedy and it involves uh, two two women, two men and we are going to have our 
auditions. It'll be tentatively. We're looking at August 24th. Uh, if you have any questions about that, you can email me at uh, William400 at yahoo.com. So I see that Natisse has joined us. So uh, let me bring her on in. Good evening. Hey, how are you? Fantastic, fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I want to jump right in into how you got into acting. I know you have, you have a very, very interesting story about how you got into acting. So tell my listeners about that. Well, for those that don't know, um, next year I'll be turning 40 years old. So basically I was um, I was born and raised in Baltimore City and, you know, just keeping up on social media and friends. And I went I attended City High School and just about everybody I know, they're all into their careers and a lot of them are about to retire. And it is, I'm, I'm coming up on 40 and it's, I still don't even know what I want to be when I grow up. So, you know, I had been telling my mom, like, Mom, I don't I don't know what I want to do. And, you know, I was doing hair. I was doing taxes. I bought a 15-passenger van. Like, it was – I was all over the place. I've always been, like, all over the place. So I was like, I just – you know, I'm getting worried. I'm getting old. I can do none of these things when, when I'm older. I haven't set any money aside for retirement. So one day I just laid down. And I'm very spiritual, not hardly religious, but I'm very spiritual. And one day I lay down for a nap. And when I woke up and napping is something like I never do. So this day I just took a nap. And when I woke up, I had the strongest message from the universe just to start acting. So before I even put my feet on the floor, because I had just had this conversation with my mom, I called. I said, Mom, I just got this message when I woke up. It was just like just to start acting. She was like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, well, I'm going to start acting. So, you know, I didn't know. I didn't have a clue where to start. I had never been in a school play. I didn't like being videotaped. I didn't like listening to my voice on the answering service. Like, n- nothing <laughs> that correlates with acting, with anything I had even fathomed. So I was interested to see where it would take me because it was just so off the wall, and it just came to me just so quick and out of nowhere. So, you know, I, I got the, what does anybody that is looking for something and doesn't have a clue of where to start, where's the first place they go? Craigslist. So I got on Craigslist, and I know that you always go to New York City for acting. At least that's, you know, that's what we think. So I go to Craigslist in New York City, and I see this um, man named Bob McAndrew who has uh, acting studio in Manhattan. So he was offering like four free classes, but you had to be intermediate. You couldn't be amateur. So I had responded to his ad, and I told him I had been in a play before, and I guess that was enough for him to get me there. And once I started going there, you know, it just changed my life tremendously. So that's how it all all started. Like everything since then has been basically a green light. So I guess I have found my calling, and I know I have found my passion. Right on, right on. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of your movies uh, and your uh, some of the film work you've done and things like that. So talk to me a little bit about uh, What's Left of Me. Who do you play in that one? What's Left of Me. What's Left of Me is an independent film written and directed by Sherry McCain, 
Um, I play a detective named Detective Colin, and we're trying to solve a homicide. And that's all I can say for now until I think till it's released. I can hardly keep up on like what's released and what's not, and when is when when am I able to speak on something and when I'm not. But for the main part, that's that's who I am, and I'm Detective Colin, and it's a short film, but. She has plenty of more to come, and you can look for me soon in another one of her films, Up and Coming too. I can't mention the title, but it's going to be sick. So, sick, mentally sick. <laughs> That's the clear. It's going to be mentally ill. It's going to be mentally ill. All right, right on, right on. So how did you book, how did you book the role? Uh, actually, I had, I don't know, I think through... My agent, Skinny, I was going to say I had met Sherry on a set because we did act on a set uh, one day. I don't even think he did anything with the footage, but maybe it was just we were supposed to meet because I, I walked on a set and she was like, you know, Nathie's? She's like, I just cast you in my film. And, like, that was really impressive to me. And I was like, wow, she's like, I can't wait to work with you. So we had worked before. But I, most of my work I get from my agent, Skinny C. Corleone out of D.C. He's awesome. You um, mm-hmm. should get with them, SkinnyC929 at gmail.com, and tell him I sent you. All right. Yeah, Skinny's a good man. He's been on the show before. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about, uh, there's a, a BET movie that you auditioned for. Now, what can you tell me about that one? Now, to set the record straight, it's a pilot. So at first okay. time I had to get cast in it. I had to be cast in it. And then after um, I have been cast in it, now the next big step is we uh, we have to go in front of um, RLJ, which he works with BET, and he makes basically the executive decisions for which series are seen on BET or not. He's responsible for the game, and, you know, believe it or not, I don't watch TV, like, at all, so the game is all I can quote from that because that's what the director told me. I couldn't remember any of the others. But so once we film the pilot, the pilot still has to go in front of um, Ron Johnson, and once he approves it, because I'm claiming that, you'll see me on BET in 2017. Right on, right on, right on. So I, I assume, of course, that's going to be uh, this going to be a major role. Sounds like. Yes, yes, and I still can't speak much on that because it's still in the making, like b- because of disclosure agreements and things. I can't speak, go into depth on that role. But I will say that if you are a fan of, because uh, I actually got to sit in, once I was cast, I actually got to sit in, because he cast a lot of the major roles, I actually got to sit in on one of their rehearsals. And um, if you love Tyler Perry and what he's doing with Love Thy Neighbor and, um Whatever, uh, whatever series he has going on, like they, it, it, it isn't your typical. So I think, I guess probably like a spinoff, like kind of like in between, um, like a scandal and Tyler Perry type of thing. So 
Mm. Like right in the temple, exactly. right, like right yeah. in between that. So yeah, so it's something new for being T. So you're used to seeing all that on own because that's where Tyler Perry, you know, sells most of his stuff on own when he shows it. So for B T this would be something new. So I'm hoping I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we get the green light and everything is a go with this film. And I can't tell you the name of it yet, I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. But we're gonna be uh we're we know we're gonna see you on the on the big on the small screen uh, twenty seventeen. So let's switch gears into uh some actors and actresses that inspire you. What are some actresses and uh actors that have really, really that you look up that you look up on the screen and they and they and they make you wanna do better work? Oh, why do you ask that? Um, Al Pacino is one, and it's uh-huh. funny because now, like, I've never, like, I'm, I told you, I'm all over the place. So, like, I've never, I, I doubt if I've ever watched watched a movie by myself. That's something somebody has to take my hand and do. And then once they do, they're miserable because I'm asking questions the whole time, or tickling them, or making faces, <laughs> or anything. I mean, anything. But now, that, like, since I've started with my craft, when I do sit down, it's more so of like a football player watching a football game more so than me really getting the gist of the film or the movie. So I'm watching for independent activities. I'm watching for, for gestures. You know, when you're acting, it's, it's hard to just deliver your lines just standing still with your hands by your side because you feel like you're looking corny because that's not what you do in your normal activity. So I'm starting to look to characters for that. I'm starting to look to characters like Taraji for stronger facial expressions. Like, I, I try to grab a little. Everybody has their own independent acting style, and I'm not scared to admit that I haven't yet developed one. So I'm just still really trying to get a feel. I, I do know I love drama. I'm a whole clown in real life. But when I get on film, like, I love drama. Um, another actor or actress, definitely Cicely Tyson, Tom Hanks. Uh, Al Pacino more than Robert De Niro. Uh, uh, let me see. Oh God, that's so hard. Uh, Denzel. <laughs> that's a pretty good list. Viola, yeah, Viola Davis is somebody up, up and coming. Big shout out to Viola Davis because uh, she's been at that for, at this forever. Um, and I think she's really amazing. And that's probably, like, not it, but, like, in drama, I really gear towards an actor who makes their presence felt without doing too much. You know, they do the most by not doing too much. It goes back to the old saying, less is more. So I I like actors and actresses like that. You're right, because uh, especially a lot of the British actors are very good at just using their face and they don't really use their their body that much, and it is a very 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 hard thing to do. Easier said than done. So I'm going to jump back into some of your movies and shorts again. So what's going on with Soul Rich? I'd like to know. I would have to ask uh, writer, producer, and director Lee Bellamy about that. I know we were supposed to continue production. Um, once the spring foliage came in, 
and I'm going to have to get with Lee because it's about to fall off. <laughs> you know, the, the leaves about to fall back off the trees. But, you know, in certain instances when um, you have a lot of scenes that are shot outside and you, you wrote the story a certain way, you you want that season to be, you know, portrayed in whatever scene it is. So I guess that So Rich was... His daytime scenes are more so during spring or summer season, so that's what we're waiting on now. So I'm just waiting for Lee Bellamy. Maybe you can give him a call for me. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, I was thinking about what you were saying earlier. What what roles do you see yourself, uh, what, put it like this, what roles do you typically typically get cast as? Like what's what's a, a archetype, a, a type that you get, kind of, you know, you can get cast in over and over. Um, for some strange reason, a detective. Like, what is that all about? Like, if you only knew me, maybe that's karma. But a detective is one, and um, probably, uh, what's another one? What just a regular girl next door. Uh, and like, a, I don't want to say a prostitute, but like a, like a, like a, I guess I would be that scandalous hood chick in, in a lot of them. I don't know, because everything, I've, I've been blessed to have a wide range of roles, and they, they go from everywhere, from a, like I say, a detective to a hood chick to a doctor, so... Every, I don't know, it varies, but I, I would like something more heartfelt. That's what I would like. I'm waiting for a role that's really heartfelt where I can really pour my soul into and and then see, get the reaction from the viewers. Like, I'm, I want a tearjerker. That's what I want. Yeah, exactly, exactly, something with more depth. So there's a TV series out there uh, by the name of Where I'm From. So what's going on with that one? Where I'm From. Uh, do you know right to a director? It's a series, Where I'm From, Where I'm From. That one, yeah, that one is, I believe, that one's something that's coming down the pike here. Uh, I think it's uh, 2015. And see that one. Let me see my notes here. What I got here. The mother's work is never done. That was back in 2014. See that one. Uh, Brandon Waddy was in it. Uh, oh, uh, Sean Dean was in it. Let's see who else was in there. See that one. Let's see, your production company, Eric H. Martin, that one, yeah, so that that one doesn't ring a bell, huh? No. The latest one I just got canceled is called She Told Me. I'm another detective in that one, too. So okay. we haven't quite filmed that one yet. And okay. that's actually one okay. of Skinny and Ramel's projects. Did you know? Did you know anything about that one? I don't know. I haven't heard about. Tell me more about that one. Who do you play there? A detective. Okay. I play okay. detective there. Yeah. 
I can't speak much on that either because I haven't got into the legality of it yet as far as disclosure forms and things like that, so I don't want to release too much about that either. Right, right. Now, you've got this uh, director, writer, uh, Ed Ziari, uh, Desire in New York. So that's one that uh, I guess they're still filming that one. So uh, No, no, no. That one actually just had a screening, and we filmed that over a year ago in Brooklyn on a very cold day where we all okay. were naked. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was really fun. That was that's called Desire in New York, and it's about that's really got a different twist too. It's about a woman who lit, who worked corporate America. She was an attorney, and she realized she had a sex addiction, so mm. she went into the streets of Brooklyn, and she started prostituting. Mm. So she has this. It's like a love story and a triumph story all in one. And I guess just to show how, I don't know, maybe her sex addiction, I don't know, like maybe it was on her bucket list. I don't know why she would leave, you know, her life to become a prostitute. But, you know, some people want what we just don't have. (laughs) Exactly. Did we talk about decisions? I think that was another one you were you were in. What about that one? Decisions, decisions. Yeah, I was in decisions. It was a short film. Oh my God, I can't believe it. you should have told me you asked me about this thing. So I can't <laughs> ah, who wrote decisions? That one was uh, you were actually just a witness in oh, that, that one. That was that was German trainer. Yeah. Yeah, that was Jimmy Trainer. I was just a, um, a feature extra. I actually got murdered by an FBI oh, agent for nagging That's in the back good. seat. No, he turned around and snapped my neck. So, Ugh. yeah, that was decisions. I had a small role in there. Uh, oh. I've worked with Jimmy Trainer on quite a few things. I think probably maybe like three or four films. Those oh, decisions. okay. He likes you. Yeah, Decisions, Manhunter. Uh, uh, right. I, uh, see now I'm being horrible. I don't know. That's okay. That's okay. Because <laughs> I wanted to spirit, ask you. Uh, moody oh, spirit. Moody. Moody spirits. I know I have a supporting role in, and it was another one I had supporting role in. It was a short film. My name was Emily, and it, it was what what works, Jimmy Trainer. Okay. Works. Yeah. Okay. So All they right. Were the four films All right. Exactly. That's good. So, oh, I was going to talk have you talk about directors. What uh, what what would you say is your preferred uh, style of director? One that is very surgical and micromanaging, or one that's gives you more leeway to develop a character. More leeway to develop character. That's what, that's, I think, the best. And honestly, what I see from working on set with the director is uh, most of them that write and direct their work. Like, if you got to think about it. If, you, if you're writing from your standpoint and you're writing 
four, four or five different characters, you are still going to come through in each one of those characters in the dialect, in the words you choose, in the, you know, things like that. So when you get on set or when you give an actor your script, for them to change, take out some of the uhs and the thes or throw in a, a couple extra words, they always seem to appreciate it because it, like, breaks to the monotony in between the dialect of each character. You know what I mean? You get, you just get different, you get a different, uh, you just get a different personality. You get more personality out of the character the more lead way you give the actor is portraying the character. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Talk a little bit about auditions. Now, actors have all kinds of ways that they approach auditions. They have certain, maybe certain routines, warm-ups and things like that. How do you uh, approach auditions? Well, because I'm still fairly new in the game, I'm still learning so much just like I'm realizing that uh, you definitely need to warm up before any performance, whether it be on film stage, audition, practice. Like, it, you always need to warm up because I noticed the more you go, I started warming up in the car on my way to auditions or while I wait or go to the bathroom. It's just that workup of adrenaline. And another thing I always um, some techniques that I use when I audition is try your best to be off book or whatever. If if they're giving you if they're giving you sides to recite, try your best to be off book with the sides. As long as you get a gist of the character and the direction that the storyline or that one page is going, like that's pretty much all you need. That doctor, the, the casting director is never expecting you to know that verbatim for audition. They pretty much just want to see your range. And another thing I would suggest is be over the top. Be all the way over the top in the audition because it's so much easier for somebody to, to tell you to turn it down a notch or tone it down some Instead of them saying, oh, you know, they they really don't have enough. They don't have what it takes. They don't have enough energy. I just wasn't feeling them. So I'm always, like, over the top. Like, you could give me a side about an ink pen, and I turn it into this big dramatization, you know, where it's just so over the top. <laughs> and it makes you so much more memorable. So that's the thing. You want to be memorable. You want to be on something. You, some people might have, like, I used to use this technique where I would try to go last. Because I thought that if I went last, I would be most memorable. But yeah. that's not always the case. Right. You can always be memorable by going first. <laughs> or you can always right. be memorable by turning an audition about an ink pen into this over-the-top fallout story of an ink pen. So it's... <laughs> it, it, it it differs, but usually what I do is I'm never late. I'm always either the first one there, never late, or right before the end. Um, I always slate my name differently than my performance, so that way 
it seems like it's two different characters that, you know, you make yourself seem like, I make myself seem like this quiet, humble, I may tease and I'll be, I'll be auditioning for such and such and so and so. And then I go into it and I'm like a lion. But what they don't know is that I'm like a lion. And I was really acting when I said my name is Natice and I'll be slating for such and such. But that's just something that works for me. I don't know how that would work for anybody else. But that just shows a drastic character change or that I can really step out the box and be another character. So I do that. And just always make yourself memorable and loosen up. Yesterday, it's funny you would say this because yesterday I got to sit in on an audition and a play that I'm on and help cast for an oncoming character that's going to be new to the next play that we perform. So that was, like, really interesting, getting to sit on an audition from the other side of the table instead of being the one that's auditioning. And I actually got to give back constructive criticism, which I love. And I saw a lot of uh, a lot of the actors were just so nervous, and I know it limited their performance. Like when you're so nervous, just loosen up. Like the same person you are. Be this is what I say: nine out of ten, when you go on an audition, those people don't know you. You know, whoever's casting you, they don't know you, and nobody else in that room does either. None of your friends are going in there. Your family's going in there. So get in there and show out. You know, cut up. You shouldn't be ashamed or embarrassed because they don't know you. So that's yep. that's just another technique that I use. And when I go in, I just cut up and I show out. And sometimes... All the time, believe it or not, like, I don't even ask for my family and friends at home, never. That's like, for them to say, let us see you do such and such, let us see. That's like telling, you know, when you were younger and they used to be, where you do that dance you used to do for me? Remember that dance you used to do for me when you were five years? You know how that puts you <laughs> on the spot and you like, like, so I'm I'm so shy. Like, anybody I've ever uh, been in a relationship with, they've never seen me act. Maybe the final product once it's on screen. But other than that, like, I'm so funny about that with people that I know, my family and my friends, because they know me. So for them to know me and then see me go into this character, it's like it makes me want to hide under the bed. Like, I get so shy about that. So I'm trying to overcome that now because eventually I'm going to have to, rehearse around my lover or something like that. So I, I can't even do that. Like, I need my own space to even rehearse or practice. Like, he cannot see that. Like, that's like him seeing me with out my weaving or something. Like, it's just, I think worse. Because he's seeing me without, it's worse than that. It's like not seeing you with your weave on and he didn't know you didn't have no edges. That's what that's like. Like, oh. no way. <laughs> and I do have edges. So let me not start because tomorrow they'll be like, yeah, she ain't got no edges on there. I do. I do have edges. But no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're kind of getting toward the end here. Uh, so talk a little bit about your, your play you got coming up, and then let's wrap up with how fans can keep up with you. Okay. Um, I actually have two plays coming up. One is August the 15th, and that is Him or Him. We just um, performed that play back in May, and they were impressed about it, so we have to do that again. 
Um, you can look for that information on my page. Maybe by next week, once we get into active rehearsal, I'll have that information up. And another very big event coming up, and I would love for everyone to definitely come out. It'll be in D.C., and I'll have the details up for that very soon, or you could go to willcproductions.com and get them. But it's called Boy, Pull Your Pants Up. And this is the play (laughs) that I started with over two years ago. It is an amazing play. And it's such it's so out of context and um in the word play. Uh most people when they go see a play they used to this story like a film would be, but it's actually like um maybe ten different scenarios but they're all yeah. correlated at the end. You know, I don't wanna to give too much away because it has a very big twist. And that's what makes it so fun. That's what—that's one of the things that makes it so fun. Another thing is that all of the characters are so different. Everybody varies, and it's really caring. It's like what we have going on right now in society as far as sex is concerned, STDs, HIV, um, HIV awareness, how you sleep with one person and he's given everybody, HIV, like how you could be sleeping with one person and you don't know how many other lives are being affected or how many lives you are affecting with just that intimacy. So it's very deep and it's an amazing play. I suggest everybody to go see it. We've been on tour with it to Atlanta. Um, I think it was year before last. And it's also a web series. And that night it's a... you get a pro bono fashion show, so it's a two-for-one VIP food, and the tickets are very reasonable. Like I say, it's like a two-for-one. So make sure you get out and come see. We'll put on an amazing fashion show as well. So I'm so excited about this play in um, September, and I always love a play because, for one, it's discipline, and I'm so unruly. So it's all I always <laughs> Keep a play under my belt because that's my discipline. That's my rehearsal. People don't know it. Um, Broadway and theater has so many rules, that, and film has none. You know what I mean? You can't upstage. You can't downstage. You can't side profile. It's like so many. You can't talk while I'm walking, and I can't look while I'm. It's just like it's like playing chess. And then it's discipline. You got hours, you got tech rehearsal, you got regular rehearsal. So I need that in order to stay grounded. So I keep that for my personality, for my for myself. I keep that. And not only that, but it's nothing like a live audience. Like, it takes me back to being a class clown. Like, I just need that live audience. I need that seal of approval. I need that applause. And I need that one person cackling when I didn't even know I was being funny. You know what I mean? That, that, right. So that I love about theater. So I will always try to stay involved in theater, even though my thing is film. Yeah. But that is definitely a play you got to check out. Boy, pull your pants up. September the 25th. I'm not going to quote the address right off the top of my head, but ticket sales are up now, and I will have that information up on how I can be reached. I'm simple, not too too savvy. I'm trying to get my IG up, 
My IG is Nappy, N-A-P-P-Y, 007. That's my IG. My Facebook is simply Natees, Aisha, N-A-T-E-I-C-E. Middle name, Aisha, A-I-S-H-A. And I'm also Natees, Aisha, on Twitter. All right. That works. Okay, uh, Natisha, it was fantastic having you on the show. Definitely have you on the show again. Uh, you're a very excellent guest. Uh, you're just full of energy. I can tell you a little fireball. You just, uh, just really, you just uh, really over the top all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, well, you have a great night. You too. And thanks again for having me, Will. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Bye bye. Bye-bye. All right, and I'll leave you all, dear listeners, with this quote from uh, Bette Davis. Without wonder and insight, acting is just a trade. With it, it becomes creation. Good night.